Hello and welcome back to the Peachy Preacher podcast. It has been a while uh, since I have jumped on, I guess because the world (laughs) as we know it has completely changed and it has been a crazy time. It has been, I mean, I know I spoke a little bit about it last time in my last podcast, What Are You Stockpiling?, but it's changed so much more and I think with each passing day there are different things that are happening and it's quite significant I believe but I mean I don't want to talk about this too much as I said I don't really want to share too much about COVID-19 or the coronavirus because I'm not a medical expert I don't want to claim to be one or know what to do in this situation one of my biggest frustrations at the moment is actually just hearing people talk about conspiracy theories. Like if I hear one more person talk about 5G, it will destroy me. But, you know, I understand everyone's entitled to an opinion, but like they're in full force at the moment on Facebook. There are so many incorrect and false articles being shared and videos, et cetera, being shared on social media right now. So I don't want to be part of the problem. And I'd rather just focus on what you know, I can say about the topic that is, you know, not scientific or conspiracy theory entangled. So I guess what I really want to talk about today is get back to what I'm about and that is being a peachy preacher and talking about issues, life, culture and faith and how it relates and looking at things through a bit of a peachy lens, which I know in this situation is really difficult to do I read something really beautiful this morning, which I want to share with you, and it opened my eyes quite a bit. And I'm willing to admit when, you know, I maybe have been wrong about something or I have failed in a certain department and I just will, I'll share it and then I'll explain. It says, we are all in the same boat. We are not all in the same storm. For some people, it's sprinkling. This is a break. It's a breather. It's a pause in the normal. It's a time to reconnect with family and slow down. Honestly, it's kind of peaceful and I actually feel like that's my storm at the moment. For some, it's a storm. It's a bit scary. It's disruptive. It's enough to make you stay up and watch the news and worry. For some, it's a hurricane. It's tearing at the boards and pulling off the roof. It's washing them out to sea. It's dark. It's unknown. It's life-changing. It's not wrong to be enjoying the sprinkles or enduring the storm, but please don't negate the difference. Rest with family, but don't minimize the hurricane engulfing your neighbor. Laugh at a meme, but get on your knees for your friends. Get in someone else's storm. And I loved that. I mean, it's it made me realize that there are people who are in the middle of this and it is so disruptive to their life. It is so difficult it is so damaging in a way. I mean, particularly I think of the people who are, I know I'm getting emotional, who are caught up in domestic violence through all this, who are caught up in abuse through all this, and it made me just stop and pray. And so that every time that I am peaceful and thankful for the time that I'm spending with my family, for the fact that I still have a job, my husband still has a job, we are still... We are able to keep our children at home and they are safe here. For every time I am grateful for that, I stop and I pray. And we need to be, if you're a praying person, we need to be praying right now for people who are in a far 
worse storm, who are really struggling and battling through this, who are not coping. And look, if you're out there and you're listening right now and you know of a way to help, I'm not sure if anyone out there listening is in this storm or you are really battling right now. Firstly, to the people who can help, I would say, please contact me. Let's talk about ways. Maybe I can share it on the podcast next time. Maybe we can talk about how we can help the people really struggling. And for anyone right now in the midst of a storm, it may not be a very big storm like domestic violence or abuse. It may just be that your mental health has been really taking a battering in this time. Like I would say that I am here for you. I am praying for you. Uh, You may not know it, but I pray that you would feel peace and I pray that you would know peace and that you would just, yeah, reach out to someone. You know, self-isolation is maybe good for not spreading infectious viruses, but it is not good for our mental health. We are not meant to be isolated. We are meant to be a part of a community. And so I just would say right now that if you are struggling, please reach out. Reach out to me. I'm happy to talk or pray or, you know, if you don't even want to hear about faith, I understand that. I'm happy to just share with you and talk with you and listen to you. So I didn't even know that that would go there, but obviously it was meant. I was meant to go there for a reason. But, yeah, it just really changed my perspective. Um, we, this whole thing that we're going through is not different for me in the sense that um, I am used to working from home with kids. Yes, my kids are home a lot more. That's fine. That's something I can roll with. But this is not new for me. I Yeah, I work from home with my children all the time. I've been doing it for the last three or so years. The nice part about it is that my husband is home a lot more and I've loved having him home and we're taking turns working and parenting and schooling. Thank God it is school holidays. Oh my goodness, cannot even, but uh, thank God it's school holidays. But yeah, so it's not been different for me, but that made me stop and it changed my perspective and think, you know, okay, yes, it's been not so difficult for us, but there are a lot of people struggling. I have seen people losing their jobs and their livelihoods, their dreams, you know, people in the arts industry who have had it all completely taken away from them. Yeah, it's not been an easy time for a lot of people. So I don't want to dwell on this too much, but I just want to say that I'm thinking of you. I have that quote. I'll maybe put it on my Instagram. Really, really touched me in the heart. And I'm thankful that I read it and it opened my eyes. But I mean, today I really wanted to actually talk about uh, words. You guys know Well, if you've been following me on social media, you know that words are really important to me. I firmly believe that words are really, really, really powerful, that they can definitely form your life. I think it was Tess Guinery. I'm not even sure if I'm saying her surname right. She's a beautiful poet who I love to follow and an artist, and she said, what you say is how you'll sway, just to make sure I got that right. What you say is how you'll sway. And it's so true, really. What we say, we really do build our world with our words and how we use our words is really important just to bring 
a biblical context into it because, you know, that's what I do, guys. There is a scripture in the Bible that talks about the Bible, the, the tongue or, you know, what we say being like a rudder. And it says, look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. So for me, it just proves like it's saying the rudder of a boat. I don't know too much about boats at all, but I do know that a rudder is what turns the ship. It decides your direction. And so it will determine whether you steer into storm or steer into calm. That's the way the Bible describes it. And I know that I found that in my own life, when we're speaking negatively, when our words, you know, are not coated in peace or positivity or anything like that, that, yeah, it makes the situation a lot more difficult. And I'm not saying ignore your feelings or anything like that. I do believe we have to process feelings, but I also believe we cannot dwell and what we speak out is what we are giving life to. It's what we're giving life to. And so we can decide, we can determine with our mouth, you know, where we live and the attitude we have. And also the attitude, you know, we convey to other people or the, what we're saying to other people has so much weight, sticks and stones, right? So what we say, what we say to other people has so much weight. So it's good. We've got to be so careful in this time how we're speaking to other people, how we're speaking to ourselves. Look, it's a really big thing at the moment, or has been for the last couple of years. You know, to not have negative self-talk, and I believe that we can have negative thoughts, and negative thoughts are fine. They're okay as long as we do not dwell on them and then in turn speak them out. So the Bible says something which is really interesting. It says, take every thought captive. So basically, as soon as a thought comes, don't stress that you had that thought. So if you're, I'll give you an example, looking in the mirror and you're like, ugh, I, in your head, ugh, I feel ugly. I want to change this, 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 and this. I just, I don't like this about me. Okay. It's not a bad thing that you had a thought. You are human. We can have those thoughts. It's fine. The problem is, dwelling, A, and B, speaking out and then acting on those thoughts. So when the Bible says take every thought captive, it's literally like, okay, I'm looking in the mirror. Ugh, that's disgusting. I hate this about myself. Then you go, okay, hang on a second. Stop. I'm going to take that thought. I'm going to rubbish it. I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to dwell on that particular thought. And then instead, what I do is I speak out an affirmation. So my body is strong and I am thankful that it gave me my children. I am thankful that I can walk. I am thankful that I am able. So turning a negative thought, taking it captive and then speaking life instead it's a really powerful thing to do. And it's it's been spoken about so much, but I think it is one thing to talk about it, one thing to say, oh, don't, you know, don't do negative self-talk, don't bad rubbish yourself, all of that. 
but it's another thing to actually do it and to action it every single day because it is so easy to dwell on negative thinking. It is so easy to dwell on negative thoughts. I will say this, that negative voices always sound the loudest. They are always definitely loud. And that that voice, that positive voice, that encouraging voice, that confident voice within us is always very quiet. It's just the way, isn't it? It is always very quiet. So to really lean into and tune into that positive voice, we have to take the negative one captive and we have to rubbish it and we have to speak life instead. And that is what's And that is why words are so important. It's why I love to have quotes and words all around my home because I believe the more we're looking at positive words, the more they are around us, you know, the easier it is to start speaking it and bringing it into your everyday vocabulary. I believe also in Australia, it's a really difficult thing. There is a really bad tall poppy syndrome here in Australia. And we also tend to think that being self-deprecating is something to be admired and cheered on. And in some ways it is. I find self-deprecating humor quite good. But at the same time, we're constantly putting ourselves down. And if in the slightest bit you are encouraging yourself or you are confident in who you are and you speak that out and you share it, I would say it's probably a more thing that I'd probably say it's a cultural thing in Australia. It's like, you're put down immediately. Even if somebody's not telling you, you are definitely they're definitely thinking it and you feel it. And so I think it's a really negative thing and a negative culture that we have in, here in Australia that we are this tall poppy, like tall poppy, cut them down as soon as they're rising up. Is it changing? Sure, maybe slightly, but I would say that there is still a lot of work to be done in this area. So we have to be careful that we're not part of that problem. We're not part of that tall poppy pulling people down when they're confident. And that often just means we watch our tongue. We watch the the sly little comments we make. And even if we don't think that it means anything, it's just a passing joke. It's just a little sly humor. It can really cause problems and 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 you don't know what someone has been strugg- struggling with for a really really long time so when you say one small word that might not mean anything to you it might be something that they've been dwelling on or had been called for a lot of their life or something like that so we've got to be so careful and um, it doesn't mean that we're not truthful to people but speak the truth in love I think we need to have a relationship with someone before we can say something um, jarring humor can really hurt people Uh, And look, I'm a joker. If you met my husband, you would just laugh because he is constantly making jokes. That's just him. So I'm not against all of that. I'm just saying we've got to be really careful with the way we're speaking to people and what we're saying. I think it's in Proverbs 12, uh, 25. It says, anxiety in the heart of a man causes depression. We know that. We know that with worry and anxiety and a lot of um, those problems, it, it, it leads to depression. Anxiety in the heart of men causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. You know, small little words that uplift people really do make such a difference to people, make such a difference to their life. A good word makes the heart glad. So we want to be people who build people up 
lift them, tell them what they're good at, focus on the good, focus on the, you know, the positive and all of this. For me personally, I mean, I am 100% words of affirmation in the five love languages test. If you if you don't know what I'm talking about right now, there is a book that came out many years ago called The Five Love Languages, which I read. I think there's quite a few now. I think there's one for your kids, one for your spouse, etc. At the end of a book, you do a test and it tells you what your love language is. Essentially, everybody has a love tank. That's what it's called in the book. And we all um, receive and give love in different ways. And the way that fills our tank might be quite different to the way it fills our partner's tank. So for me, like, so the five love languages are uh, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, gifts, and acts of service. So for Anthony and I, um, Anthony's is physical touch and acts of service, and mine is uh, definitely 100% words of affirmation. I don't think there was anything, maybe gifts next and then quality time. And it's not just like, you know, that we're needy and, you know, if you're needy, you're a gifts person or you're a quality time person. It's just that different personalities and different people require different things. And for me, it will fill my tank for a whole week if I get an encouraging word from somebody or if my husband writes me a nice text message, Things, little things like that. And it's so funny because Anthony is 100% um, an acts of service kind of guy and he will iron everything. He will wash the dishes every night and it will, I know this is going to kill people, do absolutely nothing for me. I do not care about housework. God bless him and I love that he does that and he helps me so much, but it does not make me feel loved. So um, this has been a funny thing in our marriage where like I'll be upset about something and he'll just do more and I'll be like, what are you doing? Just sit down and talk to me. So I'm sure that there are so many couples who face things like that. And for him, we will have just had a fight and I will sit on the other couch and he'll be like, why, why hasn't she come and sat next to me and give me a hug? You know, and it's just a funny thing, but I believe 100% that every single person, and I could be wrong, but I believe that everybody has words of affirmation as one of their primary um, love languages because it is just so powerful what's speaking out uh, positivity and speaking out love and speaking out peace and speaking out joy and speaking out words that really uplift people. It's amazing what it does. So I do believe that words of affirmation are just so important just to give somebody every single day. And we really have to be careful what we're speaking, not only to you know our partners, to the people around us, but also to our kids. And this hit me a couple or maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, when I realized, not that I was speaking negatively to them, but I was talking about words a lot and I was talking about how I speak to myself and I hadn't really implemented anything like that with Max. And he, this was because he at the time um, had anxiety. He had been diagnosed with anxiety. I mean, he was three and a half years old or something crazy like that. And I didn't understand it. And I guess I could talk a little bit more about that, but we didn't really know too much about it then. And he's changed a lot and he's grown up a lot. But he did have anxiety and I thought, what am I going to do? How am I going to combat this? I don't know what to do. 
And so one thing that I implemented was that every single morning we would practice gratefulness and we would do our affirmations. So what that meant for us was I would get in the car every morning and on the way to school, because he would go to preschool, we would say thank you. We would thank God for our family. So thank you, God, for mom, for dad, for Lenny, and now for Luna. Thank you, God, for Max. And then we would do our affirmations. And I thought, what can I teach a three, four, five-year-old that they will remember and that will mean something to them? So it was just something simple. I am kind. I am smart. I am brave. And then eventually I am strong. So now they say it. Now it's every day. It has been every day for the past 18 months, two years. They do not forget it. We say we say it every morning on the way to school. We do our prayer. We do our thankfulness and we say our affirmations. And look, do have I seen the fruits of it? I don't know. But they have brought it into school with them, which I love and teachers have commented on it. And they know going into school, I am kind, I am smart, I am brave, I am strong. And I know that that repetition, that constant, that routine in their life, that building is doing more than I can understand. Well, it may, may seem trivial to some people and silly, and a, th- a three-year-old doesn't really know what it means to be brave or to be kind or to be strong, but eventually over time it would open up conversations and we would talk about these things. And so now when we talk about being kind, Max knows what it means and he says, oh, I'm sorry, Mum, that wasn't very kind, or I ask him, Max, do you think that that was very kind? Or when something happens at school, if, and somebody does something to him, I'm sorry it wasn't kind, was it, Max? And he'll know. So it it gives you ways and opportunities to explain it. Or today a little boy was teasing me all day, mum, and I didn't know what to do. And I walked away and I told the teacher and I, I'll say, see, Max, that was so brave. You are very brave. So little things where we can use those four were simple words, smart, brave, kind, and strong, and we can bring it into their everyday and it will build them up. And it, it does so much for their confidence and their self-esteem. They're like, I can't even tell you how important it is that we don't use words that are going to bring people down. Obviously, we mess up and we fail like we're parents, like everyone else. I'm not a robot. I'm a human. But um, yeah, just using the words that build more than the words that destroy, which is I'm just going to share if I can find it while I'm sitting here because it just came to me, um, a poem that I wrote not so long ago and uh, this was in the middle of a time that I was really struggling and I was really battling with my mental health. I don't. I think I've shared it a couple years, that a couple years ago I was diagnosed with extreme anxiety and depression and I was seeing a counsellor. I was I had completely isolated myself from people. And when you're in that state, and I was it was pretty much just me and my husband, and he was really helping me, and obviously my parents and my family as well. But when you're in that state, you you tend to focus on the bad stuff. You tend to focus on the negative. And so I started to write all about words. It was just my way of even though I didn't feel the way that I was writing, I just started to write it out. And a lot of the poems which you'll see that I've written, you know, are around words. So I'm just going to share one. Okay. The first one I can find in my Instagram feed right now, guys. So here's one. If words can steer ships into storms or calm, then we need to be patient with them. If they can set a light, a spark, 
or ignite a destructive fire, then proper thought must precede them. Use them generously and always covered with love. Use them wisely and always abounding in hope. Speak life and love over death and defeat. Build and don't destroy. When you realize the power that your words has, that your tongue has, you start to think about every word that comes out of your mouth and you start to use it wisely. You start to use it generously. I mean, it's so important to be generous with the people you love. Be generous about the way you talk about them. Build them up, strengthen them, uplift them, and always cover, even if you're being, you know, even if you're being constructively critical or whatever, to just cover it with love. Make sure that it is covered and abounding with hope. And make sure that you're speaking life and love over death and defeat. Anything that's going to bring someone down and cause them to freeze, then think about what you're saying. And I think it's really important in this time because even the way we're talking about this situation, and I don't want to be unrealistic, but I also don't want to say things like this situation is going to be is going to kill me. This situation is going to be the death of us. I'm going to struggle so much in isolation or oh, it's going to be like this for the next six months. I don't like to speak defeat over a situation because it's not only going to affect my mental health, but it's just going to keep me here longer. So I want to speak life over it and focus on the good, focus on the positive and focus on the things that I'm grateful for in this time. Because as I mentioned earlier, we are so lucky and I'm so grateful for the place I'm in. And I never want to neglect that and neglect that there are people in far worse off positions. So I hope that that helps, uplifts, encourages you today. Um, It's an interesting topic and I think maybe it will turn into a series, who knows. I did want to call it Words with Friends. So there you go, guys. The title of this podcast is Words with Friends. And yeah, words are really powerful. Words are really important. I hope you go away feeling uplifted and that you use words differently this week. Take them, take this into your week. See how you can use your words differently to your kids, to your partner, to your family, to your friends, whoever is around you. Even if you're by yourself, speak constructively and positively to yourself. Build yourself up. And I will speak to you all soon. Thank you so, so much for listening again. And bye for now.